Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on saga960am.ca. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. At my signal, unleash hell. Welcome, happy Tuesday. You are listening to News Talk, Saga 960. Mark Petroni with you for the next two hours of freedom-loving news talk. Awesomeness. So very glad you could join us. If you'd like to give us a call, always happy to hear from listeners just like you. 416-640-0200. On this edition of the best, most hard-hitting two hours of news talk radio in the country, the radical left, including, of course, our federal government and their war on manufacturing and the resource sector in this country and its uh, devastating loss of jobs, all part of the ongoing destruction of our economy, claims another scalp, Ford Motor Company laying off hundreds of workers at its assembly plant in Oakville. Is Chrysler plant, is the one in Brampton, I mean, is that next? How long have they got Ask yourself that question. Economic Development Minister uh, Vic Fideli is going to be joining us at the top of Hour 2. Looking forward to uh, to chatting with Vic. It's been a little while. The Ford government doing everything it can to encourage manufacturing to continue here. But when you've got a toxic federal government intent on destroying our manufacturing sector under the pretext of climate change, it's, it's awfully difficult because one level of government is constantly working at cross-purposes to the other. They have, they're ideologically at odds against each other. And so they fight against each other. So one level of government does one thing that's good, and then you got the federal government that's uh, undermining those efforts. And so yesterday it was revealed that Ford Motor Company laying off 450 workers at its assembly plant in Oakville. Uh, an internal email was shared among workers at the start of the day saying the layoffs will affect that number, 450 uh, who will likely lose their jobs early next year. Fideli uh, has issued a statement saying he was disappointed to hear of the decision. We want the employees at the Oakville Assembly Plant to know that our government stands with them and their families, he said in a statement. And uh, about uh, 12 minutes from now, Josh, Jocelyn Bamford of the Coalition of Concerned Manufacturers and Businesses of Canada Uh, The president of that organization is going to be joining us. She is all over this story like Justin Trudeau on blackface. She's got it covered and will be joining us, uh, as I said, just minutes from now. Dave Thomas, president of Unifor, Local 707, said that uh, Ford has also notified the union it will be eliminating one of three shifts in the plant's auto body shop and reducing assembly line speed. 
Layoff notices will be sent out to, uh, let's see, the most junior, I guess, of the 450 employees at the facilities uh, in early November. That's uh, according to Thomas. But will that stop Unifor from attacking the pro-business policies of uh, the Doug Ford government? Fat chance. Not going to happen. By by next election, whether it's federal or provincial, you can count on that union to be backing far-left policies that will actually undermine (laughs) <laughs> the union's own membership. Uh, I have no doubt about that. But, hey, that's just the way the uh, these people roll. Anyway, so uh, I guess this news comes as Ford plans to end its production of the Ford Flex. I've driven one of these things. You know what? They run they, – they're nice to run. Not the most attractive vehicles in the world. But, uh, I don't know, I found it to be a pretty solid vehicle. Had it, I ran it for about maybe a few days or so. Look, it's just cheaper to make vehicles elsewhere. That's just the reality. I mean, we uh, we appear to care more about our carbon footprint than we do jobs. And so, um, you know, I'm, at least most of us, well, look, the government supposedly cares more about its carbon footprint. Unless you're Prime Minister Blackface who needs to travel with two planes, one for his ego and another one to carry his uh, huge wardrobe and makeup. And so the left in this country, including big labor, media, and, of course, uh, the liberals, are dismantling our economy. If you voted for more liberalism in Ontario, well, enjoy the pain that goes with it. But, hey, don't worry. Justin Trudeau's going to stop the climate from changing, don't you know? Yeah, he's going to stop the oceans from rising, so it's all good. But the uh, the hemorrhaging continues, and that's not good for the workers, of course, and their families are going to be suffering. And uh, to that end, I mean, it's not just the big manufacturers like Ford. It's the smaller ones as well. For years, Peter Gossman ran a manufacturing operation in uh, Richmond Hill. Plastic Cap is a manufacturer of uh, specialty uh, caps, uh, enclosures for uh, bottles and other containers in the food and beverage, dairy industries, you know, condiments. They're also into uh, pro. Uh, chemical, petrochemical rather, and medical and pharmaceutical supplies. Well, they uh, they moved their manufacturing operation out of Richmond Hill. They still have a sales office in this area, which is which is fine. But the plant, though, that's moved to Virginia. So, what finally pushed this loyal Canadian company to finally pack it in? I mean, look, there's only so much that these companies can take. Everyone has its limits. So you start piling on, you know, carbon taxes on top of this measure and energy energy costs. You start piling this stuff on, well, it's going to cost you jobs. And if you're working at those plants, you've got to understand that when government policies start to punish entrepreneurs, manufacturers, people in the uh, the resource sector, companies, Well, guess what's going to happen? You're going to run the risk of losing your job. In fact, there's a very good chance that you are going to lose your job over time because other countries have a much more attractive system in place, and uh, they're going to want those jobs. So they're happy to receive those jobs down in Virginia. So Virginia's win is our loss, or our loss is their gain. So why should we blame any company Facing the prospect of closure, of bankruptcy perhaps, for heading south, where the Americans are only too happy to have job creators move to the USA. Up here, as I said, 
not so much. So we're going to be chatting with Peter at the bottom of the hour today. Should be an interesting discussion. He is also with the Coalition of Concerned Manufacturers. I've spoken with Peter many times about this. Listen, I, and I, you know, I can sense the... I can I can sense the difficulty he has had, the challenges he has had coming to terms with this, because he wants to stay here. He wants to continue operating here. But at the end of the day, if you're facing the survival of your company, if it's if you're balanced on a knife edge, and then you've got all these policies, including the banning of uh, of single use plastics. Which hasn't uh, actually gone into place yet, but you know that's that's the direction they want to go. And when you have governments in place that are openly hostile to your business, well, how long can you fight these people? Well, I'll tell you, Jocelyn Bamford, she is a fighter, and she's going to be on hand in about uh, seven minutes from now to talk about this Ford situation and how the threat maintains remains here. That when you've got a federal government in place that seems intent on undermining the manufacturing sector. We've already seen it. We've already seen it in uh, the resource sector, of course. I mean, uh, they have lost, what, billions of dollars, billion, literally billions of dollars in investment has hemorrhaged out of this country as a result of its ongoing issues as far as stymieing and thwarting the efforts of the resource sector. And, it's, and of course, all of that is adding to the ongoing issues as far as national unity is concerned. I mean, we've got uh, we've got a Wexit a rally now coming up in Alberta, November the first. We've got a caller on the line. It is Rio. Rio, what's going on? Hey, just getting ready to go to work. I brought my dog in for gingivitis. He's got to get all his fifteen hundred dollars worth of work on his teeth. So it's like whatever. <laughs> and uh, anyway, this Ford thing. Uh, it's funny, you know, these Ford workers. You know, yeah, it's funny how we feel sorry for them, but. Majority of them voted liberal and NDP. They're voting against themselves. Like you said, um, as far like the environment, it's not for their job. Like, I think this whole environment thing is blown way out of proportion. I don't think humans can do much stuff uh, as we think we can. Back in the 1700s, the late 1700s, we had an industrial revolution. We used to pollute like crazy. In the 70s, we used to pollute way more than we do now. Lake Ontario, we used to be pumping garbage and sewage into there like there was uh, no end to it right but the, the the ford workers and all these other industrial workers you're you're killing yourself when you don't vote conservative it's funny nowadays actually the conservative party is for the worker whereas let's say 40 years ago i could understand if they voted for the ndp for their protection of the, you know their wages and all their benefits and everything right but it's, it's a totally different world now actually the ndp party is really anti-business and yeah, where's jugmeet singing all this i mean i'd love to see jugmeet go down to oakville right now talk to some of his unionized buddies talk yeah, to the union and say listen you know why, why don't we start like, why don't we start supporting pro-business policies but they're not going to do that he's not going to do that because he's all in on climate change and to him you know shutting down these manufacturing operations i mean they don't come out and talk about it a lot but they don't mind because in their world they, they're so maniacally and sadistically anti-business now that there's that they have no interest they don't care about these jobs you know well, they, they don't these people it, are just absolutely gonzo you know, the old days from the old countries uh like even my father came from ex-yugoslavia being croatian 
But there was so many people who had high skills because there's nothing better to do. So you went to school and you became a mechanic or whatever. But the climate for business there wasn't good because it was all built on supply. You know, you're not worried about demand. So all these workers had nowhere to work, uh, you know, very little to work. But when you came over here, there's all this work to do. And now we're killing. That's, that's the number one thing we have here in Canada and the Western world is, is industry. Like, if we don't have industry, we're going to be what, what our parents and grandparents left to come here, right? I mean, think That's about it, Ray. We're, we're letting it... To, to do stuff, yeah. produce, uh, you know, produce things and make things and have a living. If you don't have that, what are we going to do? Just print money and give it to people? And then who's going to make your bread? Nobody's going to make your bread if you're... If what if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you don't need to make the bread, it's, it's ridiculous. Absolutely, Rio. Listen, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Yeah, I look forward I mean, to the rest uh, of your show again, Mark. Well, thank you so much, and Take get care. your brother get your brother to call back too <laughs> every now and again. <laughs> I think yeah, he's I, I think he's uh, mad yeah, at me because I had to. <laughs> from, uh, the re- election results. I was talking to a couple of people who are you know, actually you know more right wing than me, and they're like really just <laughs> more right wing than you. Oh my! All right, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, but anyway, take care. We got the other stuff coming up, including poor old Joe Biden, former U.S. vice president, refused Holy Communion. Yeah, at a, at a Catholic church in, uh, in South Carolina on Sunday because of his staunch position in favor of abortion. Well, you talk about, I mean, this is the Catholic church kind of taking a hard line here with, with poor old Joe. And it got me actually wondering whether, whether Junior himself even bothers with trying to get Holy Communion. As he sold his soul to the globalists completely, does he even try? It was interesting. I was reading something. I don't know how true it is, but Jerry Butts, apparently a Roman Catholic, practicing Roman Catholic. I mean, how do you reconcile that? On one hand, trying to destroy the country and inflict enormous pain on people, disrupt our economy. And then on the other hand, why you go in and, uh, you know, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. I mean, how does that work? Anyway, this is Biden attending a worship service in, uh, at St. Anthony Catholic Church in Florence. This is in South Carolina. Attempted to receive the sacrament, and the former vice president rebuffed by the church's pastor, Father Robert E. Morey, because of his support for abortion. The quote is, sadly, this Sunday, I, I had to refuse Holy Communion to former Vice President Joe Biden, Morey told the Florence Morning News. Holy Communion signifies we are one with God, each other, and the church. Our actions should reflect that. Got to take a quick time out. And uh, when we come back, we'll be chatting with, with Jocelyn Bamford about this Ford situation 
And uh, Peter Gossman's going to be joining us at the bottom of the clock. And uh, Vic Fideli at the top of next hour. So lots going on today. Don't go away. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on Saga960AM.ca. to the Mark Petroni radio program. If you'd like to call, here's the number. 416-640-0200. That's 416-640-0200. The Mark Petroni radio program. Heard exclusively on News Talk Saga 960. And we are back with more News Talk. So very glad you could join us on this Tuesday edition of the Mark Petroni radio program. Ford Motor Company laying off 450 workers at its assembly plant in Oakville. I was listening to one of the morning newscasts, and they, they were much more interested in the teachers' fight with the province. I, they, I don't even think they, they mentioned this layoff. A much a much bigger story, a much bigger impact on our economy. Very disappointing, but not entirely unexpected from the liberal media, which is doing its best to cover for Junior's uh, failed economic policies. I am now joined by Jocelyn Bamford, the president of the Coalition of Concerned Manufacturers and Businesses of Canada. Jocelyn, welcome to the show. Good morning, Mark. It's a sad day for uh, if you're an auto worker or if you're in manufacturing in this province. Well, I would think so. And uh, the 450 people who are going to be getting layoff notices, their families, all the uncertainty around this. And, of course, you've got Unifor uh, backing uh, policies that are very much anti-business. And uh, it's, it just makes you scratch your head, doesn't it? And you know what? We said this was going to happen. You can impose carbon tax on manufacturing, um, and which will cost, especially if you're an automotive plant or any large plant, uh, millions of dollars and expect that they're going to stick around. Um, and, and the irony of the whole thing is it's going to do nothing to reduce uh, greenhouse gases. So, so, so everybody that voted liberal voted for manufacturing out the door. They voted to pay more in taxes and they vote, voted to do nothing for the climate. So, so all those folks should be really mad. And if you were a member of Jerry Diaz's union, you should be furious because he decided that virtue signaling on carbon tax and paying a carbon tax, which will do absolutely nothing for the environment, was more important than your job. And uh, so you should be furious because this is not the this is just the beginning. It's not the end. We saw in one week we saw Husky layoffs. Now we see Ford layoffs, and there are plenty more to come because lots of people were waiting to see the outcome of the election to make decisions on moving their business or moving their growth out of Canada. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I guess was, was Ford just waiting to see the results of this election, or did they? Uh, planned the layoffs anyway, but they figured, well, we're going to announce these, but we don't want to have any kind of impact on the election, so we'll just wait until after it's over to announce it. Yeah, God forbid those large companies would want the average voter to understand the economic impact of of any party's proposed policy. Like, w- these guys are, are uh, also part of the problem, because large companies and companies in general need to speak up against policies that are going to ruin our economy. But instead, they listen to their government affairs people, and they sit on their hands, and they allow this whole thing 
thing to unfold because ultimately they're looking at their their global business and if they have to move someone somewhere from A to B, they'll do that. Uh, and and that is why it's very important for us to understand the unintended consequences of these economic policies and, and be mindful when we vote what's going to happen. Because I am telling you, this is this the, the beginning of the exodus of manufacturing, but Gerald Butts and Justin Trudeau and, and Jagmeet Singh don't really care about that because the faster they can get out, rid of manufacturing, the happier they are. Yeah, I mean, is Chrysler next? Of course, there's that big Brampton facility that's, uh, you know, has been the source of some concern. Well, how much longer before Chrysler says, you know what, uh, the atmosphere here in Canada is not conducive to continuing its, uh, its operation. So sayonara, we're out of here. Yeah, we're not competitive. We don't hit any of the competitive benchmarks. We don't have a competitive tax regime. We don't have competitive energy cost. We have carbon tax. You add it up. Um, we have red tape. Um, we have regulation. It, it's not the place you would look to uh, to have your business. And I uh, believe you're going to be talking to Peter later, and he's going to tell his story on why he ha- had no choice but to move his business outside of Canada. And it is a cautionary tale. Yeah, I mean, Ford, I'm sure they don't really have a whole lot of loyalty to the workers. It's a huge conglomerate, but uh, a smaller manufacturing operation, it's an agonizing decision, especially if you're a patriotic Canadian who wants to stay here, wants to continue operating here, but at the end of the day, you're forced, really, to make uh, um, the kind of decisions that unfortunately cost jobs right here in Canada and the GTA. Absolutely, and people are, it's Sophie's choice. You have to choose between the employees that you love, that have worked for you for a very long time, and keeping your business afloat. And, and so what, is, what are you to do? You, you, you have to uh, choose to keep your business afloat even though you don't want to. Your first choice, and I've talked to many business owners that have made decisions on whether they're going to keep their plants here, if they're going to move outright, or if they're just going to move growth. Their first choice is to grow here and expand jobs here. But increasingly, the policies of both the Liberals and the NDP and the Greens give, leave you no choice but to relocate your business. And, and that is a tragedy, because remember, that at, uh, if you look at businesses in Canada, 92% are 100 people and below. And those people um, are having to make these very difficult decisions. And uh, it's once they're gone, they're not coming back. Yeah, the left's war on jobs has taken its toll, and it's going to continue to do so. I've got an interview lined up with... Uh with Vic Fideli, the the Minister of Economic Development in Ontario. That's coming up uh, in about 40 minutes' time. What, uh, if you had a question to ask uh, Vic, what what would you say to him at this point? I mean, there's only so much that the province can do if it's constantly working at cross-purposes with this toxic federal government that's determined to destroy manufacturing. Absolutely. When we see that uh, the provincial government uh, alleviated cap and trade, you know, that was just a, you know, a, a few months holiday before the federal government put carbon tax in. So what the provincial government gives us, the federal government takes away. And, and uh, it, it is insane. And they don't seem to have any appetite to discuss 
um, the resource sector or the manufacturing sector. If, if both the resource sector and the manufacturing sector left, they think that they're going to transition to this green economy. And I'll tell you what happens when, when that green um, energy program in Ontario happened. That's the reason I'm paying 22 cents a kilowatt hour, because the green energy uh, program led us, led us to unaffordable electricity, and now the province is trying to figure out the mess that is our electrical system here, and we're very uncompetitive. So it, it, it is a nightmare, uh, and it's a nightmare of our own making, and that's the thing that's so tragic. And, you know, when we look at um, manufacturing plants, uh, very much... Uh, Manufacturing in Ontario is, is supported by um, new Canadians because they have the skills. We have gotten away from trade skills um, in Ontario and Canada, teaching our kids trade skills. So we need um, new Canadians to fill that void. And they work hard, they're loyal, and uh, those are the folks that are going to be out of work. And, and isn't that the group that both the NDP and Liberal parties claim to support? Yeah, except they're not supporting them very much, and uh, unfortunately, since the since the libs won federally speaking, they don't seem to be particularly intent on ch- changing their policies. I mean, as far as they're concerned, it was uh, a rubber stamp. You know, it was like, oh, Canadians must agree with us. After all, we're back. <laughs> they got what thirty three percent support in the last in this recent election, and now they're facing potentially an uprising out west. You've got a huge Wexit rally coming up on November 1st with people in Alberta finally saying, you know, enough is enough. We're done. And on top of that, you've got growing sentiment and anger in Quebec itself, where you've got the kind of nationalist resurgence through the block. I mean, what is going on with this country right now? And to what degree are these economic policies exacerbating the problem? They are 100% exacerbating the problem because you see uh, the discontent in the West because there is an actual assault on the resource sector. Um, Gerald Butts. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And company and the policy advisors and Trudeau and, and Jagmeet Singh and Elizabeth May have decided that we're just going to keep our resources in the ground, even though we have the cleanest resources in the world. And, and people will buy their fossil fuels from somewhere 
but our our government policy is not from us. So they're going to buy it from Russia and Venezuela and Saudi Arabia, um, who don't have as clean standards as as Canada does. But you know the media folks will be happy, and the politicians on the left will be happy, and and I would even say some of the elites will be happy because they think that that's they think they know what's best for us, even though this whole policy will not reduce greenhouse gases in the world. It will increase greenhouse gases as manufacturers flee our our clean energy uh, uh, area and go to other areas where they don't have as many environmental standards. But this is what people uh, said they wanted, so uh, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, and after this, of course, we're also talking about the lifting of the uh, steel tariffs on fabricated uh, imported steel from China. And so those two huge... Is that not the most outrageous thing you've ever heard? I mean, it's it's insane. Someone's going to fabricate a part, they're going to code a part um, in in China, and and who don't have the environmental standards that we do. Um, And I know what I speak, because we we code parts, and the environmental um, standards that we go through, we have... uh, We have... waste water, we have recycled water, we do all of the steps that I know that many uh, coders around the world don't have, but but we're going to fabricate it and code it in an area that doesn't have the environmental standards, doesn't have carbon tax. We're going to bring it in here, even though the steel is subsidized by the Chinese government, um, and we're going to bring it in here. And and they have no carbon tax there, and our federal government's a okay with that. There is something terribly wrong with this situation. Yeah, and the oil companies out with the LNG Canada, the folks at Shell and the the partners of this, they're fine with it because, of course, they're getting these parts for cheaper, right? Exactly. It's cheaper for them to get it from China than it is to have our workers here in southern Ontario, unionized steel workers in Hamilton, that are being shut out of these contracts, so that the oil companies out west can get these parts cheaper, and then you've got this toxic radioactive bozo in Ottawa lifting the tax, the, the tariffs on fabricated Chinese steel in order to, to allow that to happen. So here's it, it, a, it is I mean, unbelievable. Just, you, so you know, you shake your you head. Belong, you can't, if you're a manufacturing um, employee and you belong to Unifor, you should be outraged because uh, Jerry Diaz decided they were going to do whatever they could to stop um, Andrew Scheer, uh, and in doing so, it may have cost you your job. Well, something's very wrong here. Somebody's, uh, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to say it, but uh, it just smells really, really bad. Um, it, 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 is, it is unbelievable that you would sacrifice um, your, your workers, their uh, livelihood uh, for um, some political policy that is not in your best interest. And I can't believe that uh, Unifor uh, would take that stance. They have lost their way. Jocelyn, thank you so much. Really appreciate this as always. You're welcome. And it, and it is a sad day. My heart goes out to all of those families right before Christmas um, that now uh, are going to have to make some hard choices. It's, uh, it's tragic. It and uh, it's time for people in manufacturing to start pushing back. Thank you. Take care. Jocelyn Bamford, president of the Coalition of Concerned Manufacturers and Businesses of Canada. Check that organization out. Find out what they do. And uh, we've got uh, an interview with... 
Peter Gossman, who has to uh, move his operation out of uh, Richmond Hill recently. We'll find out why after this. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on Saga960AM.ca. Listening to the Mark Petroni Radio Program. If you'd like to call, here's the number 416 640 0200. That's 416 640 0200. The Mark Petroni Radio Program, heard exclusively on News Talk Saga 960. And we are back with more News Talk, so very glad you could join us on this Tuesday edition of the Mark Petroni Radio Program. And by the way, if uh, you don't get a chance to catch the entire show, or maybe there's parts of it that you'd uh, like to hear later on, you can always find a podcast of this show available at saga960am.ca. Maybe you want to listen to it all again, because it's so good. The show is so awesome that uh, listening to it a second time brings about even more revelations. I got to call it. And we are joined by Peter Gossman, who's a terrific guy. He's with he's also with the Coalition of Concerned Manufacturers. He's, he's a businessman, been been in business for many years in the plastics industry. This is an industry really that has had uh, the crosshairs across its forehead now for quite some time under this liberal government. They, of course, banned. They announced a ban anyway of uh, single use plastics. Their policies, as we heard from Jocelyn Bamford, relative to carbon taxes, energy prices, just uh, adding to the cost. And uh, unfortunately, it reached a breaking point for his company, Plastic Caps, and uh, they were forced really under fear of uh, having to close to, to move and relocate to Virginia. Peter, welcome to the show. Morning, Mark. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. What led to that decision ultimately? What was there a, a final straw kind of deal? No, it's it's like the analogy that uh, businesses uh, and people uh, don't react until it's until it's too late. The uh, analogy being the uh, the frog in the boiling in the boiling water. If you if you leave him there uh, and the water heats up, the the frog will stay there until he dies. If you if the water is boiling to be in, if he jumps out, right? So that's that's how it was with uh, with us. We uh, we wondered what, what why why is it we're not getting ahead? We started you know 13 years ago, and and uh, the company was in pretty rough shape when we got there. Uh, needed a lot of uh, revitalization, a lot of funds, and uh, thought we were getting ahead. And uh, as soon as we uh, you know, poked our head out of the, the hole that we were in. The, the government uh, hit us with a two by four, and that two by four was uh, the green energy uh, initiative that uh, caused our hydro bills to go from one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year to half a million dollars a year. Then they hit us with uh, the minimum wage uh, that uh, drove up all of the wages, and, uh, and then you know by that time we had already decided that. Uh, we have to we have to look at other alternatives to be able to continue to be viable, and uh, then you know at the end just the carbon tax. And when you when you look at it, everything is related to uh, fossil fuel. Everything is related to oil oil and gas. Everything you've talked about, 
everything we talk about is related to shutting down Canada's oil and gas so that other parts of the world can sell their oil and gas, the U.S., Saudis, whoever it is. And, and really, the, the the recent election has shown that, that, that the propaganda put out by many, uh, particularly unions, um, which is false information, has led to people being fooled to think that voting for higher higher taxes, voting for inflation, voting for a risk of, a risk of uh, fewer jobs, voting for more corruption in Ottawa, uh, is somehow good for you. And you know, I think if I was listening to you earlier talking about the uh, the, the toxic bozo. I think that uh, is uh, a frustrating thing to, to say about your prime minister, but it isn't just him. It, it is it is a concerted effort by by the uh, various people in this country that are not working for this country. Uh, and it, it is fright, it is right. It's an attack on democracy. It's an attack on our, our, our freedom of speech. And, and uh, we have to do something about it. Well, what do you do about it? I mean, you unfortunately have had to make the tough decision mm-hmm. because if you hadn't made the decision, you'd be out of business. So it's like, what do you do, right? And so you were in that tough decision. And and by the way, all the while that we waged a war against our own resource sector, we continue to import millions of barrels of oil from from you know reprobate uh, regimes in Saudi Arabia and Venezuela. I mean, it truly boggles the mind. It truly boggles the mind. Venezuela isn't doing all that all that well. <laughs> well, we're moving. We've adopted their economic model. We've adopted their economic model by the sounds of it, though, Peter. The Venezuelan one. <laughs> you know, the, the ongoing destruction of our, uh, of our economy here seems to be paralleling slowly. I mean, we have a much more diversified economy here, but as you said, it's still largely about the resource sector. So when you wage war on that to the degree that we have, then uh, you seriously hurt us as a, as a country. The, the, the most pious, the most pious people, when it comes to uh, climate change and, and, and environment in California, they sit on the beach looking out over oil rigs out, just offshore, and somehow that's not a threat. But the tankers coming into our west coast are a threat. The, the the oil tankers that come down from Alaska through the same water, no problem. But our government uh, has decided that you know anything to do with the prosperity of, of uh, Canada's oil and gas industry is, is a no-no, uh, and, and both, on both coasts. Well, it sure seems like these guys have been bought off, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. Why else would you make decisions that you know are toxic that are going to hurt the country unless you yourself has, have something to gain? Well, you know, SNC-Lavalin has huge interest in Saudi oil. It's that, that, that goes that you know somebody needs to uh, consider uh, what's going on right and by the way they're also some of the uh, the heads of that company are donating to the Trudeau Foundation yes you know you talk about uh, Clinton style pay to play I mean well, the corruption here is, is, is earlier is, with the steel you know they you know, they donated the statue a million dollars to uh, Pierre Trudeau uh, a couple of years back now. Uh, there is a, 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 an effort 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. To quiet Canada down, to, to ruin our economy here. And it's for the benefit of uh, very rich people. And unfortunately, the Ford layoffs now announced the, the latest symptom of the ongoing war against our jobs, against our manufacturing, against our economy in general. They, it's like they want to turn us into a hellhole. And all the while, <laughs> we're letting all these people in. Like, what, 350,000 people? I mean, our immigration levels are off the charts. What? I mean, if we don't have jobs, what are we going to do with all these people? What, where are they going to work? Well, I, I'll tell you, there's a, mis, there's a misconception about immigration. And I, I mention this quite often because if, if you look at it without without uh, a political bent, immigration is good. What's what's not good about immigration is is people coming here to retire. People coming here here who are poor who have nothing. Those are the ones that build businesses, that build companies, that eventually contribute to the economy because they have to. They have to make money. They have to pay tax. The people who are coming here to retire, that's the, the billionaires that are driving up our our real estate costs. They don't contribute anything to Canadian Canadian society. That's the ones that, that are propping us artificially, with 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 uh, with you know in many cases laundered money. Those are the, those are the people that are actually hurting the, hurting the country, not not the poor downtrodden. Those are the ones you want to come in. We're under assault. Tell me about the situation in Virginia now. You're uh, still making the transition. What's it like down there? Well, you know. There are many many states where there are opportunities. We happen to investigate three different. We we settled on uh, on Virginia, but there are all kinds of opportunities in every state. The thing is that the the will the will to work down down here is is great. And and you know when you when you ask people to work overtime here, work, work Saturdays and Sundays, they 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 look at it as an opportunity to make more money. Uh, in, in in Canada. It's, it's almost a well. If I work extra, I pay more tax, and it's a, why why bother? Uh, it's a totally different attitude. Yeah, and the government welcomed you with open arms. There's many many assistance programs available in, in many states, and and it's it's to 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 bring jobs to those states, to bring jobs to certain regions, and and it's effective. And those those jobs pay tax, and those jobs contribute to. Uh, the, the economy. It, uh, uh, it, it's just a whole different attitude. And, and the U.S. is the only country in the world left that doesn't have this sort of left-leaning, left-leaning bent to uh, towards socialism. And you know, it's, yeah. there are elements in the U.S. too, but uh, 
civilization eventually. Yeah, and it destroys countries, and it's ripping apart ours right now because you've got a huge uh, rift between this left-leaning, far-left, uh, radical uh, you know, agenda by the Trudeau government, and you've got the West saying, we don't want it. You know, we don't need it. It's destroying our, our provinces, and so we have to look at our options. I mean, nobody wants to talk about it, uh, you know, at the levels, at the higher levels of government, but uh, it's a grassroots campaign that is, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's like a wildfire. It's, it's a grass fire. It's, it's a brush fire that is building out west, and uh, I think to dismiss it as just uh, more whining is a big mistake. Peter, thank you so much for, uh, for calling in. We really appreciate it. Okay, Mark. Have a great day. Good luck with your uh, with your company going forward. Thanks. We're going to take a quick time out. We've got Vic Fideli lined up at the top of the hour. We're going to do a quick business update when we return. And um, don't go away. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on saga960am.ca. Listening to the Mark Petroni Radio Program. If you'd like to call, here's the number 416 640 0200. That's 416 640 0200. The Mark Petroni Radio Program, heard exclusively on News Talk Saga 960. And we are back with more News Talk. So very glad you could join us on this Tuesday edition of the Mark Petroni Radio Program. Once again, it is available on podcast. The boss has informed me to tell you, and so I'm doing my bit for the team. A story in the Canadian press, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is to meet with Governor General Julie Payette at Rideau Hall today to confirm that he intends to form government. Oh boy, Uh, Trudeau's Liberals won 157 seats, wow! In last week's federal election, 13 short of a majority. Oh, so close, eh, Canadian press? So close. The party entered the campaign with 177 seats and will now need at least one party's help to pass legislation in Parliament. The story conveniently neglects to mention that uh, he only got 33% of the popular support, the lowest level of support ever for a government in this country. Two out of every three voters wanted somebody other than this bozo. Yeah, it doesn't mention that in the story. Funny that. It's just an odd kind of neglect. I mean, if you're going to mention that they won 157 seats and that it's just 13 short of a majority Canadian press, I mean, doesn't it warrant mentioning that he only got 33%, that he lost the popular vote to the Conservatives? Does that, I don't know, maybe, meant is that not relevant in this story? And then they wonder why people don't trust these liberal clowns. But there it is, the clown show. Um, and so we'll see what kind of a government we end up. I, You know, I, just seeing the way that this guy operates, as left-wing as he is, and as much as he wants to hold on to power, I mean, the arrogance of these people suggests to me that he's going to run into problems aligning himself with, uh, with Jugmeet Singh. And it's an ego thing. And Jugmeet, at some point, despite the fact that the NDP is broke and does not want an election, 
I still see problems there, potentially. The liberals don't play well with others. They just don't. Unless they absolutely want to. And, I mean, you, you go back to 2004 or five, where they had to cut a deal with the NDP. Paul Martin did, making promises to uh, Jack Layton at the time. Well, he broke some of those commitments. <laughs> he just didn't. I'm going back a ways. And Dan, Dan McDeague would know this, having been there at the time. I seem to recall that the government, and I'm working from memory, mind you, that Martin didn't even come through with the commitments that he made to Jack Layton at the time, which not, wasn't necessarily a bad thing. And, you know, lying to socialists is almost justifiable. Uh, let's have a quick look at the markets. A lot of red. We've got the Dow, but flat. Really, we're talking about flat here. Dow Jones uh, just down 2.27 uh, points, so it's flat. The NASDAQ down a little bit more than that, down about 15 points. That's down to 0.18%. Stocks like Beyond Meat getting, well, clobbered, down 20, almost 21%, down $22. Their results yesterday were mixed, hardly terrible, but uh, the market is punishing that stock today. Apple also down, Google down $23.60 after uh, missing uh, estimates yesterday. That's down about 1.83%. Tesla also down over 2%. Uh, Amazon down. So a lot of these uh, tech stocks um, taking it on the chin today, which um, explains the overall index down by about 16 points. Not devastating, but it's down about one-fifth of a percent. Uh, oil is also down about 1.6%, down 89 cents to $54.92 on West Texas Intermediate Brent. Also down about well, a little less than 1%. Gold also down. I told you there was a lot of red here. So uh, no flight to safety today. <laughs> down eight bucks. Down a little over uh, half a percent on, on gold. Silver down even more than that. Down a little over 1%. So that's the situation as far as uh, the markets are concerned south of the border. Uh, up here, we're also down. And... Uh, uh, down about 70 points, so down even more so uh, up here than, than south of the border with Air Canada's third quarter profit falling as a result of the ongoing woes facing Boeing and its uh, 737 MAX and the grounding of that, that aircraft. So here's Air Canada feeling the pinch as a result of that. Air Canada says it earned uh, $636 million in its latest quarter. That's down from 700, a little over 700 million in the same quarter last year as it worked to deal with the grounding of its fleet of Boeing 737 MAX aircraft. Um, Chief Executive Kalen Ravenescu, Ravenescu, excuse me, says that the uh, grounding of the aircraft during the peak summer season prevented the airline from realizing its full potential. The Boeing jets were grounded earlier this year following two fatal crashes in five months. And I guess we're also looking at uh, word of uh, a possible rate cut, a probable rate cut south of the border as uh, as the United States grapples with some of the data suggesting that it might be facing uh, some economic concerns, although that may be overstated. Um, so much of this is political. So much of this is the is the media clown show trying to diminish Trump ahead of next year's election, but uh, there was a story out of CNBC this morning, even while the stock market breaks out to new records, 
uh, the uh, Fed survey, that's the Federal Reserve down there, which regulates, sets uh, interest rates, base interest rates, finds elevated concerns over recession, growing divisions about the outlook of the monetary policy, and worries about the economic policies of both President Trump and the Democratic contenders for the presidency. Well, at least they had, at least they had the uh, wherewithal to mention the fact that you've got these communists running in the, the Democratic Party. All except for Tulsi Gabbard, who appears the only one who um, isn't pushing for the destruction of the country. But uh, according to the survey, nearly eighty percent of the forty-three respondents believe the Fed will cut rates. At its meeting this week, the third cut this year, but 63% of respondents believe the Fed will pause in its rate cuts for the remainder of the year. So they're predicting a cut this time around and then a pause for the rest of the year, which kind of makes sense, I think. I mean, we've had a lot of uh, word from the White House saying, you know, we need to cut rates and get down. So you've got this kind of dual message coming from the judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the chumba life is for everybody so go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The White House on one side is saying, you know, things are good. You know, stop believing the media that is predicting uh, the end of the world. As far as our economy, we're, we're in good shape. Certainly, we all know that the unemployment rate down there is at, what, 50-year lows down there. And so that's another indication. When you've got uh, um, such low levels of, of unemployment, then it tends to push up the overall wage rate, which also has an impact on inflation. And so those types of things are at play here as the Fed weighs its options uh, going into what is um, certainly expected to be a rate cut. What are we going to do up here? I don't know. I, I would suspect that maybe we'd be at least looking to match a quarter point cut on this side of the border. Uh, we did not match their cuts previous, and I think that I wonder how much of that was just aimed at trying to prop up our pathetic dollar, you know. Because of course, you know, if if our rates fall in tandem with the uh, the Fed's rate cuts, then you know potentially any positives that we might see relative to strengthening of the of the Canadian dollar versus the U.S. dollar that that would have been mitigated. Um, in fact, probably wouldn't have happened at all. So we're trying to prop up a little bit, keep the buying power of the dollar, keep it from falling too much lower, especially given that uh, oil prices, resource prices have been meandering. And of course, when you've got uh, lousy resource policies, policies aimed at uh, destroying our manufacturing and resource sector, then that's not going to be good for the dollar. So what are we going to do, push it down to 60 cents or, or you know, maybe the high 60s like we saw it uh, in the early 90s? 
under that liberal government. Going to take a quick time out, then we're expecting to hear from uh, Economic Development Minister Vic Fideli on the situation regarding Ford and what the uh, what the government is looking to do about it. That's coming your way after this. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on saga960am.ca. Admiration I actually have for chasing dictatorship. For chasing dictatorship. For chasing dictatorship. What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? At my signal, unleash hell. Come out screaming. And we are back with Hour 2 of the Mark Petroni Radio Program. So very glad you could join us on this edition of the show right here on Saga 960. What a great little station this is, I tell you. You could stay tuned here all day and hear awesome content. Passes by you. Still waiting for uh, the minister to call in. Waiting patiently. Buddy's face. Here in Canada. By the mountainside. Stay alive, Canada. Well, there are people down south who think that uh, Canada might not be staying alive for a whole lot longer, at least the way it exists. Yeah, there's a story in the Politico, politico.com, another liberal website. But, you know, they've got a whole bunch of uh, options down there, unlike up here. I mean, we've got some good news outlets, really plucky uh, sites like uh, the Post Millennial and TNC.news and uh, uh, Spencer Fernando. We have all these people on the show uh, quite often, but uh, south of the border, they've got certainly be- just because they've got ten times their population, if not more, if you include the huge numbers of illegals down there. But uh, political is is one of those uh, sites that does uh, quite well, as far as I know. Here's the story: Trudeau victory prompts Wexit talk in Canada's west. So, the United States now taking note of our uh, unity issues up here. And when you've got a wheeler, a dealer in the White House, do <laughs> you, you think it's impossible that a guy like Trump might put in a phone call to Jason Kenney and say, look, uh, you know, we, we got room here for another state. Always got room. And we'll get your oil to, uh, to Tidewater. Don't you worry about that. You just, uh, we can make that happen there, uh, Mr. Kenney. Here's a story. Confused by Brexit? Get ready for Wexit. That's right. Political leaders. I'm just reading from the political story here. Political leaders representing a large chunk of Canada are talking about breaking off from the rest of the country in the wake of Justin Trudeau's re-election victory. And this time they're not primarily in French-speaking Quebec, long long known for its independent streak. Instead, it's in, uh, it's in uh, oil-rich uh, Western Canada. 
Trudeau, of course, having swept on this huge wave of 33% support. We, <laughs> we are now joined by Vic Fideli, the Minister of Economic Development. We have some bad news, I guess, as far as Ford is concerned, as far as uh, the Ford Motor Company, that is, uh, laying off 450, or at least announcing that 450 people will lose their jobs in Oakville. Um, your reaction to this? Yeah, well, certainly we're all disappointed to learn of Ford Motor Company's decision uh, with respect to laying off uh, their, their layoff notices at the Oakville assembly plant. Uh, you know, I have to say to the employees, uh, we want them to know that our government stands with them and their families. Uh, I'm working right now with the Ministry of Labor, Training and Skills Development on how uh, we can step in with support. And what kind of what does that look like, Minister? Well, it'll be up to the Minister of Labor, but, uh, uh, you know, this is exactly why we've developed our, what we call a driving prosperity plan. It's our $40 million plan for the auto sector in Ontario. The uh, the company, I guess blaming it on uh, poor sales as far as the Flex is concerned, the Ford Flex, I guess they're phasing out this vehicle over time. But you can't get uh, away from the fact that it just does cost more money to operate up here as far as energy costs go, as far as carbon taxes go. It's just more expensive. And so companies are looking for anywhere that they can go to save money and, and produce their products more cheaply. So uh, no one should really be too surprised that uh, Ford has cut their uh, investment here in this country. Yeah, it was not that long ago that the CEO of Fiat Chrysler actually told former Premier Wynne that she has made Ontario the most expensive jurisdiction to do business in all of North America. And that's why uh, under Premier Ford, we took very, very swift action, Mark, to make Ontario, as you've heard us say many times, open for business and open for jobs. And by uh, that's not a slogan. This is uh, something we've done. We've reduced the cost of doing business in Ontario by $5 billion. And that's things like rolling back the WSIB premiums without rolling back the benefits, uh, lowering corporate taxes, putting in an, uh, what we call an accelerated capital cost allowance, which allows these companies to write off businesses. So that quite frankly, sectors that had lost hope under the previous government now have a fighting chance. And since we've done all that, we've seen 272,400 new jobs uh, come in Ontario since the election. But it wasn't enough to save these 450. And what's the future of the Chrysler plant in, in Brampton? Uh, any word there? Well, uh, we continue to talk with uh, FCA and uh, all of the uh, companies. Uh, it's uh, encouraging, of course, that Ford added uh, 400 uh, jobs in Ottawa in what they call their Connected and Autonomous Research Section. GM added 700 in Markham for that very same thing. Uber's opened uh, in Toronto with 300. So we're seeing uh, Ontario line up uh, and prepare for the future. I must also uh, mention um, uh, Toyota with 8,500 employees uh, in Ontario. They were just given the JD Power Platinum Award, third year now. They are the single best auto manufacturing plant in the world. So we know how to make cars in Ontario. We make 2 million of, uh, 2 million of them a year, just a bit shy of Michigan at 2.06 million a year. So, you know, we continue to show the world we know how to make cars and we're reducing the costs. Any word from Oshawa? There had been talk of some kind of plant going in the uh, to replace that uh, the GM plant out there. Unless I missed something, 
Has there been any developments in, in trying to save those jobs? Well, uh, we have our Ministry of Labor uh, Training and Skills Development is in there with their uh, rapid redeployment program uh, on retraining those employees, and we let the market uh, we'll let the market uh, look at uh, the physical uh, facility. Uh, but we've set out our uh, driving prosperity. It's our ten-year plan uh, with ha- that has all three levels of government working together, so that you know, we want the auto uh, sector to reach its full potential. But we know, again, with Toyota, we've shown the world that we make we have the best manufacturing plant in the world, um, uh, and uh, we want to we want we want more. We want to we want to build more. And yet, we're losing rather than attract. I mean, you would think that with that type of reputation and the awards that we've received from the Toyota, you know, as a result of the Toyota plant, that we would be a magnet for jobs. Instead, we're just trying to protect what we have. At least that's what it seems like. Well, Toyota announced uh, that they'll build their NX line of the Lexus uh, in Cambridge. That's new this year. Uh, They've announced a $1.4 billion investment uh, in in Ontario, in the Cambridge plant. So, you know, there's great news uh, also. Again, I talk about the the, uh, 1,400 jobs that Ford, GM, and Uber have uh, put in Ontario in the... uh, connected and autonomous uh, research jobs. So these are certainly areas of the future. So we've got a good foothold uh, on the future as well. Any chance that we might get Tesla up here doing something? They seem to be growing. I mean, they had a pretty good uh, recent quarter. It's, it surprised some people when they showed everybody made money. I mean, you probably you probably saw that re- recent report. Tesla stock uh, went up as a result. Any chance that they might be expanding into Ontario? We continue to deal with every uh, opportunity. You know, we have five auto manufacturers here in Ontario today uh, and one truck manufacturer, Hino, in uh, Woodstock. You know, this is uh, an automotive manufacturing center in North America. And uh, uh, the companies are uh, well aware of our expertise and what really is uh, of interest to them uh, is that we finally... uh, uh, t- got serious uh, as opposed to the last government and ha- are tackling this uh, cost of doing business. And, you know, reducing the cost of business in Ontario by $5 billion is truly significant. And again, that's how we've seen 272,400 jobs uh, be-, be created in Ontario in the last uh, 15 months. The good folks at the Coalition of Concerned Manufacturers and Businesses uh, would want me to ask about a manufacturing rate for energy in order to bring down the cost of that, uh, Minister. Is that in the works? Is something in the works to help these companies? I'm not talking about the huge manufacturers, but the smaller ones. Premier Ford has met with uh, the the manufacturing organizations and the exporters uh, continually, and we know that uh, energy is a challenge for them. Certainly the mess handed by the previous government didn't happen overnight, and it, it does take time to uh, wind through that. It is uh, uh, his promise, to the Premier's promise, and our obligation to continue to look at uh, lowering uh, energy rates, especially for our small and medium-sized uh, uh, enterprises. That is, a, that is a critical priority. Do you find yourself challenged by the re-election of a government that appears to be working across purposes to yours? I mean, uh, for everything that you do 
to bring more manufacturing and to encourage the growth of manufacturing in Ontario. You've got moves at the federal level that appear to be undermining those same efforts. Is that a frustration for you? Well, what we continue to tell the federal government is, look, uh, we're not competing with each other here in Ontario. We're working at interprovincial trade. It's across the border. So every time you put these challenges in front of us, it makes it more difficult, and it just creates another challenge. You know, in the U.S., 19 states, we are number one trading partner with 19 U.S. states who don't have a carbon tax. We are the number two trading partner with nine more states. Uh, you know, we continue to tell the federal government that you you have to allow us to be a competitive uh, uh, jurisdiction. You know, every morning, 307,000 people in Ohio wake up to make products to export into Ontario. Uh, you know, two-way trade is very, very critical. And the more that uh, uh, the federal government puts burdens on us, the, the, the more these uh, jobs continue to uh, uh, to look at, at other jurisdictions. So it's that's why the Premier and our government is fighting so hard against this carbon tax. Minister, thank you so much. Really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thanks, Mark. Much appreciated. Minister Vic Fideli, his portfolio is Economic Development in Ontario, and uh, we appreciate him uh, coming on the show to explain and to discuss some of the challenges facing the sector and what they're doing to uh, to offset those challenges. Lots more news talk to come. Don't go away. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on saga960am.ca. Listening to the Mark Petroni Radio Program. If you'd like to call, here's the number 416 640 0200. That's 416 640 0200. The Mark Petroni Radio Program, heard exclusively on News Talk Saga 960. And we are back with more News Talk. So glad you could join us. If you're looking to give us a call, now's a pretty good time. Like the man said, 416-640-0200. I mentioned uh, the fact that former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden denied Holy Communion at a Catholic church in South Carolina this weekend because of his, uh, well, his position in favor of abortion. I guess uh, the priest there just said, yeah, I can't do it, man. I can't do it. Can't boot you out of the church, but uh, we're not going there. And uh, at the bottom of the clock, we're going to be hearing from Ruth Shaw, who's uh, with the National Campus Life Network. She's with uh, a pro-life group here in Canada based in in, uh, Ottawa. She has some thoughts about this and uh, looking forward to hearing from Ruth in about uh, nine minutes' time. And it got me wondering as to whether or not even Junior, I mean, does he even go for communion? Did he sell his soul completely to the globalists? Not sure. Anyway, yeah, there was Biden attending a worship service at St. Anthony Catholic Church in Florence, South Carolina, attempted to receive the sacrament. Must have been kind of humiliating for uh, for Joe Bozo. Uh, rebuffed. Once again, Father Robert E. Morey saying, dude, I mean, listen to yourself. 
I mean, <laughs> we got Darko on the line. Darko, good to hear hey, from you again. Hey. I thought you were mad at us there. Uh, oh, no, I, no, 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 no. I, I was going to call yesterday, but it's getting near the end of the show. Anyway, yeah, I'd be listening. Don't worry. Uh, that, well, I'm glad. You know, we we hate to lose even one listener. So. Oh, no. no. Um, so yeah, what do you, I think like, you know, when it comes to the business and investment, I always said before that, yeah, the conservatives are in, in now are progressive conservatives, but if you're going to invest money in the business, if you're looking long term, or you don't want to up and move in four years when, you know, the anti-business parties get in, and, and that's, uh, you know, if I, if I was in that field where I wasn't going to invest that kind of money, I would be still sort of weary of Ontario. Like, what business know, are you in? You know, like, okay, I got the Ford government, then I'm going to get the Liberal government again. And, yeah, that, that's a good point. Years. That's a good point. So these guys are in for four years, but, you know, you had uh, the the Liberal psychopaths in there for like 14. So, yeah. you know, you, you know, it's like, is this uh, is this just a temporary blip as far as, uh, you know, constructive policies and soon to go right back to the same destructive policies after, you know, if the liberal media decides, that, well, is, is successful in undermining Ford's support? What do you, what line of work are you in? What, what do you do? Are you oh, I'm ma- in landscaping? You're in landscaping. You know, maintenance, landscaping and that kind of thing. So, I mean, for me, it's a, there's no import export stuff. I mean, other than, you know, we have the stuff with machinery that it's, I, I find these days, that um, you know, cost of repairing because the labor costs are so high, and the parts that uh, you sometimes just want to buy a new machine. <laughs> so and, and junk the, the old ones. What about your energy costs, gas costs, and fuel? I, mean, I think when I started about twenty-five years ago, we were probably paying at around seventy cents a liter. So I don't know. Like it's twenty-five years. It's probably not out of whack right now. Right. But you know, it, it does. You know, it does. And any expense hurts, right? Well, it's not but, like you're going to move your operation south of the border, your landscaping. I mean, you're here, yeah. you're doing a job for in Ontario, but it's a very different story with the manufacturers. Yeah, I mean, like if you're, because if you, we're become more of a service uh, oriented economy, but we rely on other aspects of economy to sort of support the service that generates something from different. Because obviously, you know, if you're a restaurant or. A hair salon. It's you know you, you need people to have money to spend. And, and so, so, do you have a staff? Do you have a staff contingent under you? In no. Your, okay. So oh, it's, I won't. It's, it's pain in the butt. So you know, like a, uh, you know, either you expand big or you don't expand. So you just so, you're just your one man band kind of deal. Yeah, me and my brother, right? You know, yeah. sometimes I may have a little bit of help. My nephew's still of age, where he's he still will work or or, or that or. or uh, my brother's nephew, but mostly it's us two. We do most of it. Would you I'd have, rather, actually? I'd rather invest in a, in a piece of equipment that makes me work faster than have to deal with all the garbage. With you know, like you always hear stories of somebody who's a slacker, and then if you let him go, that you, I don't want to deal with lawyers and crap like that. You know, <laughs> it's like being a landlord in a, in a lot of ways, right? You know, so a good a good tenant actually probably feels bad because the landlord could take advantage of him. But if you're a bad tenant, it works the other way around. So it seems like, you know, the, the bad apple is the one who gets away with the most, the way the things are set up now. Yeah. yeah. Would you expand if, if the environment was was more conducive to, to, to that or not? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. You know, it's not more peace of mind for me to sort of work the way it works. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, it's more, it's more, I think, if you had, you know, I'd rather have an older person who's reliable who comes to work every day or, or when they say they're going to come to work. 
than the younger guys. They'll work for two, three days and figure they got enough money to take four days, uh, a four-day weekend. (laughs) People always talk about stuff like that, but that, you know, like, I always look at it when when you're a business. If you are hiring people, you hire people because you have the work. And if you have somebody who's unreliable for whatever reason, because they're, you know, whether you have a... One major sickness is one thing, but when they're sick here or there, a day a week or day or two days, you can't you can't plan your your work, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you, like I said, you know, your customers expect you to be there. If yeah, I, if absolutely. I was for somebody, yeah. Yeah. I'd want them to show up and do the work. So, is the work yeah. ethic different amongst the young? Do you think is that? I mean, I realize you you don't want to broad broad brush every uh, single person who's you know under hey, thirty or whatever, but. Honestly, because I mean, I have kids who are like eighteen and nineteen. So my son likes to work. He's in university uh, in the summer. What I find it's kind of a two-way street. When I was his age, I had no problem getting forty plus hours a week at a, where I worked. I mean, I wanted overtime. If it was there, I grabbed it. I find a lot of places only want you two or three days. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe they want a bigger pool to work from. I'm not sure. Yeah, but interesting. It seems to be like you know the case. I go like, how could you know when you're off university and you got four months. You know, like twenty-five hours. Like, what do you do? You know, and, and they put in the in their applications for places. But I, I mean, I worked at Molson's. I worked at textile factories. I were, you know, and I always had the forty plus. Yeah. And, but I, I, I don't know why in our society now it, that seems to be like you know people who 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 want to work that and get the get the overtime or look down like oh why do you want to work forty-eight hours this week right? Well, oh, maybe it's know, because what, uh, <laughs> you end up paying a higher rate. To the government, you know, yeah, yeah, but you know what? It's not really not that much. I mean, come on. If I was to give you a free eight hours, you take it, right? You're not losing sure. money. Sure, you absolutely. May not gain yeah. quite as much, but I, but you actually gain more because at time and a half, you're not taking that much more off you. Why, are I, you I, I don't uh, like the government taking you, a lot. Uh, but are so you hiring right now? You'll still net out a lot more. Are you hiring right now? No. I can do some work after the shift, after my oh, shift want, here at the radio station. <laughs> <laughs> Darko, well, so two hours a day, you got some free time, right? <laughs> How's your back? <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. It's not, it's, you know, I'm, I'm not in bad shape. Not in bad shape. Thank you, Darko. Appreciate the call today. Thanks, Mark. Bye bye now. Bye. Uh, just getting back to this Wexit situation, I, I guess there's talk of this big rally out west. We'll see how big. I think uh, the folks out west are going to be looking at the numbers and seeing if, if it's a mass rally. But um, this is the question, as I mentioned in the political story, is it real? Yeah, people are mad. That, according to Randy Hoback, a Conservative Party member in Parliament in central Saskatchewan who spoke with Politico, I've never seen it like this. Look, I don't know. I mean, all I can do is is tell you what I hear because I'm not out there uh, myself, as you know. I'm here in the GTA, but... um, what I'm hearing is that it's, it is real. Citizens in the western provinces, I'm just reading from Politico here, Alberta and Saskatchewan, agitated for political change in Ottawa over the last year as attempts to build a coastal pipeline expansion continued to falter as farmers got trounced by trade tiffs with China. And uh, they got what they wanted in their region. Conservatives swept all but one parliamentary seat in the elections, leaving Trudeau's liberals with virtually no parliamentary a seat in the um, presence in Canada's oil country. See, sir, what a shocker. But it didn't translate into new federal leadership as, as Junior's party dominated in eastern Canadian cities, including Toronto and Montreal, and still commands a strong plurality of seats in Parliament. The result? 
Talk of a break with the rest of Canada, dubbed Wexit on social media, is accelerating as some in the western part of the country say enough is enough. We'll just have to see how real it is, right? And uh, I think we've got a caller, boss. Uh, oh, we got Rio on the line now. It's gonna have to. It's gonna have to be quick, Rio. It's gonna have to be quick. For the record, two calls in one day because my brother was just on. Hey, listen, there was some because I guess he wasn't expecting the question. We did get screwed by the government because. Part of our business was spraying lawns, right, for weed control and everything. So the first one was Mayor Miller in Toronto passed a law which was illegal, that he doesn't have the jurisdiction to do it, that you uh, regular people weren't allowed to spray their lawns or get somebody to spray their lawns without a permit. So you'd have to spay, uh, spend $100 to get a permit, right? So who's going to do that? But, but the thing was, at the same time, if you were a government building or you were a golf course, you could, you could spray your lawn every day, and virtually there was no restriction. Like a golf course can spray 24 hours a day, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're a homeowner, you maybe only require, if that, two sprays in a year to get rid of some weeds. But, you know, the, the government was okay with rich corporate people and, and uh, government people who use golf courses. They could spray so much, and the thing is, the golf course... They would get the most runoff because what do you see at golf courses? Uh, uh, streams and rivers and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So you, if you if you would have called me, I would have said, uh, you know, you got to go through the government. So the government would send an inspector and say, oh, let's see Mark's lawn there. Yeah, you do have too many weeds. So after paying him a hundred dollars, then you can call me with your permit and get it done, right? So that that's how stupid the government is, right? Yeah. Like. But you guys end up having to pay for it. You guys end up having to pay for that stupidity. Yeah, so That's the problem. I, I basically just thought we didn't. We ended that part of our business because um, my brother was the one with the license. And then I'm <laughs> like, like, I'm not going to rip off people by giving them organic. Uh, weed spray that doesn't work, and that's what it was. People, I know people to this day who call me and says, "Oh, I bought I bought that uh, spray for my thing. The, it doesn't work." I go, "Yeah, because it, it's it's it's, it's they don't have an organic product that actually really works when you spray it on a on a thing, but they sell it." And I'm not a guy who's going to rip you off, right? So we just got out of that line of the business, which was an, an adjustment, right? Yeah. And we had the equipment, and like my brother said, nowadays we used to get equipment repaired all the time but it's cheaper to buy a new new equipment so it's actually worse for the environment we just you know what it, you want an old here take my more i don't want it anymore because i can buy a new one for almost the same price you know when you're spending things like lawnmowers cost a hundred dollars an hour to repair just like your car real so i gotta wrap i gotta wrap it up buddy lawnmower? gotta right. wrap it up thanks for the landscaping lesson though i appreciate <laughs> okay, that anyway, take care all right, i gotta take a quick time out then we're gonna be speaking with uh, with ruth shaw who's got some thoughts about uh, Joe Biden's failed attempt to get the Holy Communion in, uh, in South Carolina. Hope he's humiliated. He deserves it. That coming your way right after this. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on saga960am.ca. Listening to the Mark Petroni Radio Program. If you'd like to call, here's the number 416 640 0200. That's 416 640 0200. The Mark Petroni Radio Program, heard exclusively on News Talk Saga 960. And we are back with more News Talk. And I am joined by Ruth Shaw, who's in the, uh, she's an activist. Uh, 
in the pro-life field. She's with the National uh, Campus Pro-Life Network. Is that right? Did I get yes. that right, Ruth? And National you are Campus Life Network. Okay, and uh, you're involved in reaching out to people at the university level. Yeah. Um, and and trying to put forth your pro-life uh, agenda, correct? Yes. Well, yeah, we want to, um, I mean, we won't, We don't consider it an agenda. I mean, we're trying to educate people on what abortion is and have the conversation. And in Canada, it's become, you know, increasingly difficult to have a conversation about abortion. And so, um, you know, but the consequences to having one are, are grave, whether, um, you know, you were coerced, whether you chose it freely or whether, um, you know, you were in a, you know, you felt like you were in a difficult spot. So, Why is it harder to talk about it these days? Aren't we a, an open society? Or don't we welcome all sorts of views? Well, I, I would say that in our, in our country, that, that slowly our freedom of expression is eroding. Um, it's become harder, especially on our campuses, to have open conversations about abortion um, without fear of penalty. Um, you know, even the penalties are, are dumb or small, but they still are there. And... Um, you know that you know we've seen that a lot, of, even at the government level. So no, I wouldn't say that uh, it's it's an easy time to be having difficult conversations in our country. What kind of penalties are you referring to? What's well, that? we mean we see the whole gamut. I mean, on a smaller level, many of our students lose official club status from a student union, which um, you know results in not being able to book rooms or things like that. And it's not a big deal, but it does show that. Um, student unions and many students on campuses try to delegitimize the pro-life position and, um, you know, that people in Canada have that position and want to talk about it. Um, then you deal with more serious things like violence. Um, you've had students who've been sexually assaulted on campus, threatened with rape for being pro-life, and uh, I myself was arrested on my campus. You were arrested? What, hauled mm-hmm. off in handcuffs because you were, what, handing out leaflets? So I, I was trying to put up a display that would uh, show what abortion is and even get the display up. We had been trying to book space for, for like three months at Carleton University to do this. And uh, the, the administration called the police and had us arrested and handcuffed. Um, My we're God, trying to put that's up astonishing. A Absolutely astonishing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're supposed to be a free country, and uh, here it is. Mm-hmm. We and jail that was even people. like 10 years ago, so you can imagine how much worse it's gotten now. Well, you know, good for you for being persistent and for staying true to your views. I, you know, tip my hat off to you and people involved in what you do in the face of increasing Stalinism at the, uh, as far as our governments are concerned, Mm -hmm. shutting people like you guys up. It's just disgusting as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. But uh, I wanted to chat a little bit about uh, former Vice President uh, Joe Biden. He was trying to get Holy Communion on uh, Sunday at mm-hmm. a Catholic church in South Carolina. He went to the service, uh, I guess lined up, and uh, Father Maury said, uh, no, I don't think so. I, we can't do this. This is the church's, church's pastor, Father Robert E. Maury, and uh, basically rebuffed the former vice president. Uh, any reaction to that? I mean, um yeah, I have. I mean, I have an opinion, but I just want to make it clear that this is not the opinion of my organization, as we're not a religious organization. This is just my own personal opinion, and based on my knowledge of being a practicing Catholic myself personally. Um, but I mean, I think uh, 
people who support abortion are not in line with the Catholic Church's views, and the Church believes that uh, the Eucharist, or the Communion, is the body of Christ, and if you uh, are not aligned with the Church on very, you know, core, serious, you know, fundamental things, like the Ten Commandments, like killing children, um, then you should not be able to sort of pick and choose what areas of the Catholic Church you participate in, including um, having and receiving communion, which is the most precious thing that uh, Catholics believe in as part of their faith. Well, we've got a prime minister in this country, of course, who's Mm-hmm. Apparently, a Catholic, a Roman Catholic, uh, yes, raised that way, says. and so should he be? I mean, I don't know if he practices. I don't know if he goes to uh, a regular church service. I don't um, know either. But um, should he be denied uh, the Holy Eucharist because of his not only support for abortion, but the fact that he doesn't even allow pro-life people in his own uh, caucus? I mean, you, you can't even <laughs> if you don't. If you don't uh, go along with their strict um, pro-abortion uh, views and uh, their policies, then you're not even allowed to run for these people. Yeah, I mean, last time I, I checked, uh, I don't think freedom of expression or you know, censorship is a, is a sin. I mean, I think it's a problem, a deep, deep problem. But no, I mean, to answer your question, I don't think that the Prime Minister of Canada should receive communion. I, I think uh, he's very pro-abortion. He has openly claimed that his views on abortion have evolved. Um, his, you know, his family has a history with abortion, and uh, he, he's trying to uphold that legacy. And so, no, I, I would not consider Justin Trudeau a, a practicing, a, you know, strong Catholic. I mean, he can attend a church, that's one of the issues we have in Canada. We're not nearly as strict in our churches on who can receive communion. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised at all if he is regularly attending Mass and receiving communion. Yeah, well, I think Jerry Butts, too, uh, if I'm not mistaken, a Roman Catholic. Uh, he may even be practicing. I I've, I read something about that. I stand to be corrected. But... Here are people in the in the heart of the Liberal Party steering the party towards ever more extreme uh, views on the issue of uh, of, of abortion and uh, claiming to be Catholics. So, yep. I mean, it, the, where's the church in all this? You know, I mean, maybe mm-hmm. as far uh, the church. You know, I went to a service a couple of Sundays ago, and uh, mm-hmm. they, they urged people to vote. They didn't say, mm-hmm. go vote for this party or that party. They just suggested that, you know, find, educate yourself on what people stand for. But they didn't say, avoid uh, voting for this party or that party. But I'm just wondering if, given the uh, the views of this party, that they should just come out and openly say, look, we can't suggest that you vote for them. We, we can't support them and we uh, we suggest you look elsewhere i mean should the should the church go that far do you think yes i do i think that the church has uh not benefited um from from being sort of lenient on on these things uh all it's done to the catholic church is make it 
sort of soft and wishy-washy. And when you, you know, there's a great quote from history, I forget exactly who said it, um, when you stand for for nothing, then you, then you fall for everything. And what is the church in Canada gaining, the Catholic Church gaining from um, being lenient? Like, certainly it hasn't resulted in more people attending church. If anything, it's resulted in fewer people attending church. And yes, there would be a, a difficult period of, uh, you know, people leaving the church uh, because, like, if the church was to remain, you know, strong on some things, there there would be a natural sort of exodus, but then a but then a return. And I don't think you're gaining very much from uh, from just choosing a softer stance on on things and and allowing people to receive communion. What does that say about, you know, the people highest up in the church and how seriously they they take their own faith? And if they're not taking it seriously enough to say no, you can't attend here because you're not in line with our views, like Muslim churches do or mosques do and and synagogues do, I'm sure. Um, you know, what does that say about our leadership? And yet you have this guy in in South Carolina mm-hmm. saying, uh, you know, standing up for uh, the views of the church in that way and this pastor. So it makes you wonder if uh, either he's going to get in trouble now <laughs> For doing it, um, yeah, he might. But South Carolina, correct me if I'm wrong, but is it not part of sort of like the Bible Belt down there in the yeah, states? Yeah, no? I'm not an expert in where, but I, I would think that that would be part of it. Yeah, you're looking yeah. at South Carolina, so, Alabama, though some of the southern Tennessee, some of the southern states. Yeah, so he might you know. not, um, you know, get in too much trouble. Uh, in the states, it's quite different. You know, the church, um, Catholic Church, has. So much influence over people, and I, I think they're they're willing to be. Um, to know, even to stand up to a former vice president. Um, I mean, let's see what happens. But I certainly would hope that uh, you know the church would operate in, in a stricter fashion. And I commend that this pastor, or this priest, for for doing that. I think it takes a lot of courage, knowing who he was dealing with. Ruth, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate this. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. And you're with the National Campus Life Network. How do people find out about your organization and support you? Yeah, you can go to ncln.ca forward slash donate, and there you can see that you know we're work, we work with 21 campuses across Canada and um, you know be very strategic with the way that we try to influence the next generation to uh, you know reject abortion and, and discuss it at minimum. Yeah, at least be open to a discussion, something mm-hmm. that uh, the left seems to want to... Uh, stop at every turn. Thank you so much once again. You're welcome. Thank you. Ruth Shaw with the uh, National Campus Live Network. We'll be back for the last scintillating segment of the Mark Petroni Radio Program after this brief timeout. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on saga960am.ca. Listening to the Mark Petroni Radio Program. If you'd like to call, here's the number 416 640 0200. That's 416 640 0200. The Mark Petroni Radio Program, heard exclusively on News Talk Saga 960. And we are raising the roof here, Saga 960, with some little disco music. Some good news for the Prime Minister. I, 
Okay, so he may not be maybe the sharpest knife in the drawer. Uh, we uh, uh, we have uh, recently switched to drinking uh, water bottles. Your boy's different. His IQ's fine. Out of uh, water, out of uh, when we have water bottles. Out of a plastic, uh, sorry, away from plastic. Paper, um, like drink box water bottles. Goodbye, Mama. I'll see you tonight when I go to bed in my head movies. But this head movie makes my eyes rain. <laughs> yes. That is, of course, Simple Jack. And uh, anybody who's seen Tropic Thunder would know that uh, he's a character in that movie. But here's here's a story that may make um, the prime minister feel a little bit better about uh, his situation. It's, it's a new study. It's a story in BBC, of course, which is very pro-liberal. But apparently narcissists may be horrible, but they're happy. Yeah, this uh, this is a study. This, <laughs> narcissists might have grandiose delusions about their own importance and an absence of shame. Well, we certainly saw that after this last election. Right? This guy, you know, 33%. So one in three voters supported him. He came out, delivered this speech as though he had uh, received this huge mandate from the people. And he, he shows uh, he doesn't do contrite, right? But um, here it is, though, the study. It it's kind of explains a few things. They might have grandiose delusions about their own importance and an absence of shame. But psychologists say... They are also likely to be happier than most people. So, you know, if Junior's walking around with a kind of a, a grin on his face, it kind of explains a little bit why. An ongoing study of narcissism. This is, I think, uh, certainly not a unique to Junior. I mean, there's a lot of people in public life. I think they gravitate to positions of power specifically because they are narcissistic you know, they they view themselves as they have this kind of extremely inflated view of their own abilities and their own brain power, really outsized to what their capabilities really are. And so, in a way, maybe it, it's partly due to his upbringing, you know, having been born on third base. I guess you can convince yourself that you hit a triple. But here we are, a study that is focused on narcissism. It was done at Queen's University, not here in, in uh, Ontario, but uh, in Belfast. And it found that such people might infuriate others, but are less likely to be stressed or depressed. So here's kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, a positive to being a narcissist. Psychologist Dr. Kostas, I, I want to read this in a Greek, like a Greek would Papagiarju. I know. I know we've got Greek listeners out there. Papagiarju, Kostas. They always got that kind of sh sound. You know, they don't just say they don't say like Kostas. They say Kostas, something like that. I just hang out in the Danforth. You'll know what I mean. Just go to uh, Opa or one of these. Says that negative responses to narcissism can overlook the positive benefits. 
to the narcissists themselves. Maybe this guy knows exactly what he's doing. You know, being a narcissist is making him happier. It may be making a lot of people in the country miserable, but at the end of the day, what does he care? He's a narcissist, right? If you're a narcissist, what do you care? All that ma- yeah, the world revolves around you and your issues, right? Everybody else has to live like, you know, they used to do in, in pioneer times. Except, of course, you can't have a gun. <laughs> because it, so it's even worse, right? They don't want to just push us back into pioneer days like the 1800s. Go to Pioneer Village. You'll see what I'm talking about. I haven't been there for like literally decades, but you see what I mean? The way they lived, right? Very, very simple life. The only thing is you, you, you can go back to those times, but you cannot have a gun to defend yourself from attacking, I don't know, bears or whatever. So you, you got to use a slingshot. Oh, there you go. I let it out. I have a slingshot. Now, some liberals out there going, Petroni's got a slingshot? He must be stopped. He must have that. we got to confiscate that slingshot. He could hurt somebody with that thing. Psychologist Kostas Papagiorgiu says that negative responses, responses to narcissism tend to paper over the fact that these people are actually happier than most others. The researchers have been trying to understand why narcissism appears to be on the rise in modern societies. Well, when we've got politicians who are that way, you know, we're kind of going back to the American psycho type of deal, you know, this extreme narcissism. Maybe it's made it's made a comeback over the years. And um, it's I guess that's the big thing in politics. Here it is in politics, social media and celebrity culture. If it is also seen as being socially toxic, well, I've used I've used the word toxic in relation to this guy many, many times, little guilt or shame. So whatever they do, whatever damage they cause, it doesn't register. But I think that there's an element of like, that's how psychopaths operate, right? There's no empathy. They don't care, right? There's a part of their brain that's missing the empathy gene. And that's, I think, I've talked about that amongst uh, about politicians here and about Junior in particular. They define narcissists as being likely to engage in risky behavior, hold an unrealistic, superior view of themselves, hello, are overconfident, show little empathy for others, and have little shame or guilt. Well, there you go. With such negative qualities, the researchers want to know why narcissism seemed to be so visible and so often rewarded rather than penalized. You mean like rewarded as in being reelected to public office, that kind of thing? There you go. There's a study. Uh, this is in uh, BBC. Uh, i got to sign off until tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on saga960am.ca.